Chapter 1. Let's talk about diversity. Welcome to The Last Stop. I am Liliana Deval, transitional pastor of Urban Grace, the downtown church. Urban Grace is an ecumenical church in downtown Tacoma, Washington, that believes in the value of each human being and how the unique contribution of people who are different may enrich us all. Today, we are talking about diversity. Our life as a congregation includes diversity at several levels. We have Euro-American people, as well as the number of persons from BIPOC communities. We have different age groups representing several generations. We have men, women, and non-binary people. We have a growing number of queer friends, and of course, being ecumenical, we have a diversity of beliefs and religious practices. And yet, we manage to be a nurturing community to all. When we talk about diversity, there are a number of issues we must understand if we want to do it well. Let us begin with cultural diversity. What is it and what it means to do it well? Sociologist Dr. Caleb Rosado, a living expert in multiculturalism, defines cultural diversity as a system of beliefs and behaviors that recognizes and respects the presence of all diverse groups in an organization or society, acknowledges and values their social cultural differences and encourages and enables their continued contribution within an inclusive cultural context, which empowers all within the organization or society. In other words, embracing diversity is not limited to accepting differences or welcoming those who are different. It really means to place value on the differences. Many years ago in Massachusetts, where I was doing ministry, I was participating in writing a policy of inclusion for an organization. Somebody proposed the following wording. We will welcome people in spite of who they are. As a Latina, I felt very uncomfortable with that statement, and I said, I want to be welcomed because of who I am, not in spite of it. As a pastor of a downtown church, I place enormous value on difference. I believe God created a world where difference is a vital ingredient. The whole creation is diverse. Observing plants, animals, and rocks is a great attention span exercise because of all the types, colors, shapes, and sizes we find. Humans were made with different skin colors, placed in different parts of the planet, with different climates that, in turn, gave way to different manners of preparing food, talking, singing, and expressing artistic abilities. The way we dress, interact with others, and our different languages are not a problem, but rather a contribution to make life interesting. 
to notice these things and enjoy them is part of what it means to be welcoming. But to really embrace diversity goes much deeper than that. To be truly inclusive means to understand difference. And to understand difference, we must first identify the norm. In this post-colonial era, we know that those who set the rules were mainly white straight males. The dominant group in our society are those who have power. That is to say, those who, by virtue of who they are, can dictate the norms by which we judge who is right and who is wrong. Who is in and who is out. So, it's not really true, for example, that women must be thin and tall to be beautiful, or blonde and blue-eyed. The concept of beauty changes through cultural lenses, and we are all beautiful in the eyes of God. It's not true that being rich and smart is a measure of success. Some people possess a different set of virtues or abilities that make them extremely successful in relating to others, making friends, or supporting others. So, who should determine who is better? The answer is nobody. Life is not a competition. So let's stop classifying people as if, if they were collectible objects. There is not one way to do things. There is not a single group that holds the whole truth. If we face life in this manner, then we need to redefine the concept of embracing diversity. Nobody is better than others. Difference is a positive value and societal norms of behavior can be challenged. Let's start by accepting that even the concept of inclusion is not correct. Because to include someone, there has to be another with the power to include, which means they also have the power to exclude. Someone to call the shots. Let us accept that there is no us and them, but us together. The church is an organization that should be perfectly suited to practice equity. A place where people come to build community, where there is no judgment, where modeled after Jesus himself, relationships reflect love and embrace. But we all know the church has failed once and again over centuries to live up to that standard. Many years ago, I grew up in a, an agnostic environment in which the church was plainly ignored. But in these days, more than ignoring the church, people have developed a true sense of contempt for the place where they were told they were not worthy. Many are out there not knowing there is a loving God who created them to be who they are. 
that their skin color, language, sexual or gender identity are not an accident and a burden, but rather a rich blessing to be celebrated. We are not to be chastised by our nature and identity from political positions that discriminate and persecute immigrants to racist attitudes that belittle and despise people of color to judging and condemning the lifestyle of others, many of us have gotten the message that we are not enough, that we are wrong, or that we are limited in our access to God's blessings. Sadly, the church has been complicit to these transgressions by using the Bible to chastise and discriminate. Political alliances, backward theologies, archaic interpretations have plagued pulpits across the U.S. for far too long. It's about time we have a reality check. The church has become irrelevant because it doesn't serve the people around it. Embracing diversity is a way to counteract our own deficiencies. Young humans will not step into churches that preach against people. When all we can say is no to this or no to that, the newer generations are turned off. Back into the mid-50s, churches were strong and people listened. But later in the 20th century, we became irrelevant. With the new millennium, we had a second chance at becoming who we were supposed to be. But over 20 years after, we are falling into the same mistakes of the past. The church is not to dictate norms of moral conduct. The church is to offer community to those who were bruised and broken. I recently had a conversation with a few young queer members of our church and asked them, why did you keep trying to find a church when other churches beat you up so badly? The answer was loud and clear. You were my last stop before abandoning the church completely. I came because I was looking for community. We must honor this kind of trust by welcoming, supporting, and loving the people who come to us. A church that thrives on diversity is open and affirming. It is also unassuming and ready to learn new things every day. The white people in our congregation are like that. They don't assume they're always right and they're ready to learn from others. To get to this point, we must use practices that represent the principles of anti-oppression. Understanding the negative views of diversity are oppressive to those who are different in our midst will lead us to changing our ways in that regard. The way power, privilege, and social location impact our interactions with people who are different 
may result in oppression. We must question or challenge dominant ways of thinking to transform power toward equity. Let us be sure that the actions we take are equitable, collaborative, and power-sharing. We can promote anti-oppressive actions at an institutional or systemic level. There are five principles of anti-oppressive practice. The first one is critical reflection on self. This is to explore our feelings and motivations for our actions at all times. Keeping check on ourselves will make us aware of our own biases. The second principle is critical assessment of the experiences of oppression of others. Keeping awareness of the pain of others will help us to be empathic and nurturing to those around us. The third principle is empowering others. When we realize we have power, we can do two things with it. We can overpower people and make them feel belittled, or we can empower them. Sharing our power with others will make us more welcoming and affirming of those who are different. The fourth principle is establishing partnerships, becoming allies, being good team players, and associating with people who bring diversity to our world will turn us into advocates of equity and promoters of inclusion. Finally, the fifth principle is appreciation and gratitude. It's expressing these feelings to people around us will bring us closer to them. Let's truly get to know persons of different cultures, sexual identities, or socioeconomic strata. They will enrich our lives. Whether you are black, white, Latinx, trans, gay, non-binary, straight, or any other name you give yourself, I am here to tell you two important truths. First, you are who you are because God made you that way. Be yourself and enjoy it. Carry your identity with dignity. Assess your ways to connect, relate, love or not love, and follow the loftier path of community. That will make you happy. Second, there is a place in downtown Tacoma where you can find acceptance and embrace. Not because who you are is a problem that needs fixing, but because you've been bruised enough. At Urban Grace, you can find a spiritual home and a path to healing by belonging, by simply being who you are. If you are close to Tacoma, Washington, come and check us out. We can be your last stop as a spiritual seeker.